Ah yeah, Sam here. Just a note before we start to say that I had what I'm calling a massive microphone malfunction halfway through this episode, and so the sound in the second half is not quite up to the quality of the other half, so apologies for that. It's all still there though, and perfectly listenable, but not at the high standard that Javine and the other 39 acts on this chart deserve. Also, if you think the Britney section's a bit short, there's a whole bit about her autobiography, which for unforeseen circumstances has to go in next week's episode. Promise you, we will talk more about Britney. Anyway, on with the show. I don't know what it is that makes me feel like this. I don't know who you are, but you must be some kind of podcast that plays the UK Top 40s from 20 years ago. The 2000 Chart Show. The 2000s Chart Show. Welcome to the 2000s Chart Show, the podcast where every week we are celebrating the music of the 2000s, one UK top 40 at a time. I'm Samuel Spencer and this week is a huge week on the 2003 chart. New entries from Britney, Busted, Missy Elliott, Ronan Keating, Javine, Red Hot Chili Peppers and also one of the true pop masterpieces of the 2000s and oh no sorry wait I already said Javine didn't I okay another one of the pop masterpieces of the 2000s and that wasn't the only reason that this week 20 years ago was a huge week in music because also on November the 20th 2003 Michael Jackson was arrested of course on charges of child molestation he of course had previously been accused of child sexual abuse in 1993 at which point he denied the allegations and settled the lawsuit this time 10 years later he was indicted on four counts of molesting a minor, four counts of intoxicating a minor to molest him, one count of attempted child molestation, one count of conspiring to hold someone and their family captive, and one count of conspiring to commit extortion and child abduction. After four months of trial between January and June 2005, he of course was acquitted on all counts. And because the Michael Jackson fans out there are scary and let's say a little deluded, I'm not going to make any further comment than that. But that story about Michael Jackson is an unfortunate segue into our our number 40 song, Burn Burn by the Lost Prophets, of which the less said, the better. And so let's move right along into at 39, down from 27 in its third week. So probably the last time we're ever going to see Wayne Wonder on this chart with Bounce Along. Saying goodbye to Wayne Wonder and hello to someone who we're going to be seeing a lot more times, both as a solo artist and as part of her group Destiny's Child. In its sixth week at 38, Baby Boy with Beyonce featuring Sean Paul. That being at number 38 is actually a huge moment 
for this chart because this week Breathe by Blue Cantrell featuring Sean Paul is in at number 49 which probably means that next week it's going to be the first time in months in which Sean Paul has not been on this chart. He has everywhere in 2003. So very soon we'll be saying goodbye to Sean Paul. But for now, we are saying hello to the first of our 14 new entries this week. Another jam-packed week, starting with a new entry, Blind Pilots by Cooper Temple Claws. enemies quotes of the year section they had a very fascinating quote from the cooper temple clause it reads as following philip Schofield's urine dot 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 or his cum his urine or his spit what if there was like a bit of his eyebrows in the urine i'd love to give you some contacts for that quote from the cooper temple clause but unfortunately there is none on the internet so it's just going to exist in the ether there them talking about philip Schofield's various body functions but that kind of suits them because they are a band who do raise a lot of questions previously we asked where did they get their name from apparently it's from some bit of law from the victorian age and this week i'm asking another question about them which is why when you search for the lyrics of this song do you get a bar on google that says people also search for the lyrics to superstar by jamelia i would have thought the venn diagram between cooper temple claws fans and jamelia fans was two circles about six miles away from each other but it seems there is a mutual thread there there is any people who are searching for both Jamelia and Cooper Temple Claws they're listening to this podcast now so if you're out there let us know so the Cooper Temple Claws kind of a rightly forgotten band but this song is notable in one way in that its video features one of the first ever on-screen roles for Michael Fassbender who at the time was a jobbing actor one day he was doing a Cooper Temple Claws video. The next day he was doing a Holby City bit where he played one of the patients. We've got some news for you. What's that? Uh, maternity have rang. They've brought your girlfriend in. Joanna's here. Why? She may have gone into labour. The baby's not due for another month. The video features him as a man who goes out with friends drinking while his girlfriend places a talisman on his neck which turns him into a satire, a mythical, lustful, drunken woodland god. He then goes into a strip club and fully turns into a goat. So truly a challenging role for Michael Fassbender. And honestly, who hasn't had one of those nights where you start it drinking with your mates and you end up being transformed into a goat? I know I have. EW asked him about this gig and he said, it was like seven and a half hours of work. He's, he's Irish, isn't he? Yeah. It was quite a cool idea. And I thought it would be interesting to play a creature. I was like dancing on stilts, man. I was standing on these square crutches. <laughs> Ignore that that accident ever happened. It was hard to balance. Apparently there's two versions of the strip club scene. There's one where the dancers keep their tops on and another more late night MTV version. So feel free to search that one out for yourself. But don't feel the need to Wikipedia who Cooper Temple Claws are because they are an alternative rock band from that most rocking of places, Wokingham. On their Wikipedia, it says that after this song, they quote, changed record labels. That's got to be a euphemism for they were dropped by their first record label, right? This started a chain reaction of events that would lead eventually in 2005 to their bassist who's known as Dids Hammond need to find out what Dids is short for there David okay mate trying to give yourself a weird nickname because you've got a boring first name couldn't be me 
He left the band anyway in autumn 2005 to join Carl Barat in the band Dirty Pretty Things, which was a pretty good decision for him because the next Cooper Temple Claw song goes to number 36, whereas the first Dirty Pretty Things single, Bang Bang You're Dead, gets to number five. That next Cooper Temple Claw song that gets to number 36, by the way, will be their last ever UK Top 40. So only one more chance to talk about that band. I know there's some big Cooper heads out there. Very disappointed about that. Unfortunately, we must move on because we have a flop boy band to talk about at 36. Down from 24 in its third week. Pretty disastrous as a launch of Fix with Hold On Me. Then you bleed into my mind Thing I hadn't mentioned about Fix previously, in case you can't hear that, by the way, that's Fix with a PH. They did have a gay member who came out just before the release of their first single. That one was Andrew. He's the one who has the water poured on him in the very homoerotic video for Hold On Me. He came out in the sun saying that he was tired of being constantly asked about having a girlfriend in media interviews. He says, it's, it became annoying when I was asked questions that just weren't relevant to me. Everyone close to me knows anyway, so it's no big deal. The band have known for ages, so they're fine about it. Hopefully, this won't have a bad effect on the group. Fans shouldn't look at us any differently. Three question marks there. I'm saying he wasn't entirely certain that was the case. And judging on the success of their first song, I think maybe they may have judged him a little different differently. Obviously, good on Andrew from Fix for coming out. Although, now we know that basically most people who come out in the sun was because the tabloid threatened them that they were going to out them that it kind of now feels quite dark that he came out in the sun. Also interesting, this is talk about a time capsule of the time. The story I'm looking at here is from Digital Spy. And in the subhead for it, they say, Fix star Andrew Kinlocken has admitted to being gay. It's probably around the last time that you would say that someone admitted to being gay. I remember one of my first jobs at a newspaper writing admitted to being gay and someone saying to me, well, we don't use the word admitted because that makes it sound like they've done something wrong. But certainly someone didn't tell the digital spy writer that. Another fun thing I learned about Fix. Previously, we mentioned the fact that one of the members, Peter, looks like he is about 15 years older than the rest of them. And certainly his age was a point of controversy in Popstars The Rivals because he had to actually withdraw on the show in week three because he had to admit that he exceeded the show's upper age limit by two months which may explain you would think that would explain why he looks like the band's dad but then i looked what exactly was the upper age limit for pop stars the rivals because he looks like he could be 40 so maybe it's 40 get ready for this you're gonna feel really ancient here so i'm warning you the upper age limit for pop stars the rivals was 24 you may have just sorry for the sound in the background there that was just the sound of me turning into a skeleton I mean, maybe people just looked different in 2003. Harder living. The smoking ban hadn't come into force yet, so everyone looked about 10 years older than they were. But I would have not said that Peter from Fix was 25 at this point. I mentioned the video for Hold On Me by Fix earlier when I mentioned that Andrew was the one chained and getting water poured on him. Peter, of course, hilariously was put in a trunk the whole time when everyone else was topless. 
And if that sounds a little sexy and homoerotic to you, it also did to people at the time. In fact, apparently there were eight complaints when they performed this song on Top of the Pops. We were complaining that this song had sexual and violent overtones. After Ofcom investigated, Top of the Pops was forced to acknowledge that the song had what they called a bondage club atmosphere that had been inappropriate for the show and its likely audience. I mean, honestly, viewing figures on Top of the Pops were down by now, so probably the only people watching were young gay boys to which this was probably quite an awakening for them. So it actually probably did a lot of good. That information, by the way, is from the excellent blog, Can't Stop the Pop, which if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably already an avid follower of theirs. But if you're not, get on it. They're usually quite straight down the line, their blogs, but they did in this one throw a little bit of shade at Top of the Pops, in my opinion. They wrote, perhaps the biggest surprise, though, is that only eight people complained in the first place. That probably reflects the the decline in Top of the Pops' ratings more than anything else. You go, can't stop the pop. You throw that shade at Top of the Pops' viewing figures. But one thing we would never throw shade at is the iconic So Yesterday by Hilary Duff, which this week is at 35 in its fourth week on the chart. Thirty-four, meanwhile, is our other problematic figure from last week's chart. But seeing as he and the Lost Profits are both in the 30s, hopefully they should be gone by next week. But in its second week, down from 14, so a big drop for R. Kelly with Step In The Name Of Love. In fact, we're in very much a hip-hop area of this chart because at 33, we have PIMP by 50 Cent. That's down from 21 in its fifth week. And at 32 in its fourth week, down from 20, got some teeth by Obi Now that hip-hop section was all very well and good, but it wouldn't be a 2003 chart if there wasn't a little bit of generic dance music at every corner. And so it won't surprise you to learn that our next new entry at 31 is exactly that. It is Linus Loves featuring Sam Obernick with Stand Back. soft rock fans may be thinking to themselves isn't that Stand Back by Stevie Nicks and you'd be exactly right it is a cover of that 1983 Stevie Nicks song from Linus Loves the alias 
of Scottish dance music remixers and producers Duncan Reed and Kevin McKay. They were both co-founders of the record label Breastfed Recordings, along with Milo, who we will get to talk about soon for his amazing song, Drop the Pressure, a big dance track in the mid-2000s. But the other members of that record company, slightly less impressive with this song. They pale in comparison to Milo, and they pale in comparison to the previous work done by their singer here, Sam Obernick. Prior to this, if you recognise her vocals, she also did the singing on the song It Just Won't Do, a number 14 hit for Tim Deluxe, and one of my favourite dance songs. Comes up weirdly often on this podcast, in fact. I think this is the third time. Not bad for a song that came out in the summer of 2002. According to her official bio, Sam Obernick began her career performing Prince, The Rolling Stones and The Waterboy songs on the streets of Dublin with the Oscar-winning vocalist Glenn Hansard. Glenn Hansard, of course, would end up making a film about his busking experiences in 2007 called Once, which won an Oscar for Best Original Song for its song Falling Slowly. Unfortunately for Sam Obernick, this was after he had stopped working with her. The film features his second busking collaborator, Marquetta Irglover. The reason why Glenn Hansard started working with someone else is because after failing to land a role in the classic 90s Irish music drama The Commitments, which Glenn Hansard appeared in, she moved to Los Angeles where she toured with Terry Hall from the specials and then returned to the UK to start a family and become a dance music guest vocalist. She was due to release a solo album in the 2000s, but unfortunately for her, just a month before it was due to be released, her record label folded. Classic. It's actually a story that we do hear a lot with these dance music vocalists, actually, that they were so close to releasing a debut album, but then their record labels just collapsed. It's not a good time for music, this, in 2003. Illegal downloading is uh, destroying everything, which I definitely was not a part of. Definitely did not have a computer full of illegally downloaded fast food rocker songs. Absolutely not. Since appearing on these dance music songs, Sam Obernick now is listed as the founder of a company called Third Mile on her LinkedIn. Her LinkedIn page says she offers coaching and conflict resolution for people who live, work and learn in a fluid, uncertain time of system disruption where old rules don't apply and new models evolve at a challenging pace. 25 years performing in the music industry teaches you a thing or two about performance, risk, resilience and leadership. I now coach people to learn the same for themselves. Yeah, no, not really any of the wiser on what that company actually does there. That was a lot of buzzwords. As for Linus Loves, they lost one of their members in 2005. But the Duncan Reed continued as a in-demand remixer. Among the remixes he did were for I Don't Feel Like Dancing by the Scissor Sisters, Sexy Back by Justin Timberlake and Grace Kelly by Mika. Those songs, of course, all UK number ones. And as well as one of my favourite songs, Still Angry at Mutya for not playing it at the Sugar Babes gig, Song for Mutya, Out of Control. Talking of my favourite songs, at 30, in its fourth week, down from 23, There's Gotta Be More to Life by Stacey Orico.
time a mighty hoopla lineup comes out, I keep dreaming that Stacey Orico is going to appear there, but for another year, I've been disappointed. Although, when there's Rachel Stevens, Nelly Furtado, Countess Luan, Chazney Lewis, and V, who can complain? One thing we can definitely complain about, though, is that number 29, and we'll get into why in a second, Elephant Man with Ponder River, Ponder Bank. Everybody ballo, tell what a dream team. Jan Bookkeeper and the dancer queen. Up in the video, you are fibbling and clean. Hot Mondays, everybody are groping. Fire links, take the dance and go shorty. When you say you love the dance, say what I mean. The dance, you are locked down the housing scheme. Spanish town, Kalalu, Betty Valley, and Fabin. Miss Bia, hear the song, dash where are the sheen. Said that you never dash, you have to intervene. Now, of course, we all know the Elephant Man is Joseph Merrick, the Victorian man best known for having severe deformities, who was first exhibited at a freak show under the stage name The Elephant... Oh, sorry, I'm just reading here. That's actually a different Elephant Man. Who knew? I am not an elephant! I just assumed at the age of 141, Joseph Merrick, the Elephant Man, had just got really into Jamaican dancehall, but it seems not... This elephant man is a Jamaican dancehall musician named O'Neill Bryan. Now, when I read his Wikipedia page, I was like, oh, he seems like kind of a fun guy. It says he's known for several trademarks, such as his dyed yellow orange hair, his unique low-key voice and his stage performance, which includes jumping and running or even climbing on stage props and monitors. Sounds fun, right? Well, he's not. You scroll down on that Wikipedia page, a big section called legal issues. Uh Uh-oh. And uh-oh indeed. In 2003, he was protested by... LGBT rights groups which asked for him to be arrested and prosecuted for violations of hate crime statutes for his homophobic lyrics. They called out him and other dancehall musicians Bounty Killer and Beanie Man for their inflammatory lyrics. None of this stopped Janet Jackson from working with Beanie Man but we don't need to litigate another Jackson on this episode right now. Their pressure led to him being dropped from the MOBO Awards in 2004 and he has since agreed to avoid playing songs with homophobic lyrics in the UK. Now, I won't read out some of his homophobic lyrics, because they are mostly in Jamaican patois, and in calling out his problematic behaviour, I don't want to myself engage in problematic behaviour. But you can look for yourself at the lyrics of the song Log On, which basically says that people should stomp gay people to death and also set them on fire. If this wasn't all bad enough, in January 2012... He was charged with the rape and grievous sexual assault of a 31-year-old woman. That case was dropped after she died. And then in 2020, he was charged after he failed to declare his travel to Germany during the COVID restrictions. So all of that, of course, is terrible. But I did get a little laugh out of another piece of accused criminal behaviour that Elephant Man had. In 2011, he was charged with stealing electricity. The Jamaican Prosecution Service said they observed several high-end appliances in the artist's apartment being powered by stolen electricity. With investigators saying the appliances consumed approximately 68,000 Jamaican dollars per month. When inspecting the electric metering point, it was allegedly discovered that the meter contained an illegal connection which went directly to an apartment they said was occupied by the singer. 68,000 Jamaican dollars sounds like a lot, by the way, but that's about £350 or $430 a month. Unfortunately, there are no reports online about the results of that trial and no details of exactly what these, quote, high-end appliances could be. Was it just like a really fancy washing machine? Yeah, first time I've ever heard of someone stealing electricity as a crime, especially on a, as a pop, from a pop star. So good to get some sort of laugh out of someone who seems to be quite a hateful figure. And what a crazy coincidence that Elephant Man is known for jumping on stage. And the next song at 28 is Jumpin'. 
by Liberty X, down from 15 in its fourth week. jump in more like fall in down the charts there and talking of people unfortunately not doing as well in the charts as they used to at 27 we have a new entry from what at this point was the lowest charting Spice Girls solo single of all time Melanie C with Melt slash Yeah 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 Very disappointing result for Melanie C there. Despite being, if we're honest, the most talented Spice Girl, she was the first one to see a big drop-off in sales. Her first album had two number ones, of course, Never Be The Same Again and I Turn To You. But her second album, Reason, only contained one UK Top 10. That was Here It Comes Again in March 2003. Her second single from that album, On The Horizon, went to number 14. And now here she is at number 27. That is beating the record for lowest charting Spice Girls song from Emma Bunton, who held the record before. Her song, We're Not Gonna Sleep Tonight, got to number 20 in December 2001. And unfortunately for Melanie C, second place was already her with If That Were Me from December 2000, which, to be fair, is a very embarrassing song and kind of did deserve that placement, unfortunately. So what went wrong with Melanie C's career? Well, it really was a perfect storm of bad situation here. In September... She had starred in the Channel 4 series, The Games, in which a series of celebrities competed in Olympic-style sports. She was competing there against such 2003-era celebrities as Gail Porter, Lee from Steps and MC Harvey. But unfortunately, she had to withdraw midway after she suffered a tear to the cruciate ligament in her right knee during a judo bout with Miss World champion Azra Akin and was immediately rushed to hospital. This led to her being told that she wouldn't be able to walk properly for 18 months, leading her to have to postpone the release of her then of her single Yeah Yeah Yeah. It was then also thought by the record label that because that song was quite upbeat and she was likely to be on crutches for the foreseeable future, they should pair it with a more slowed down song that she could perform on the various places where you promoted a single in 2003. And so it was paired with the song Melt. But then unfortunately, a lot of the CDs were printed with Yeah 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 as the main track and not Melt. And so all of that promotion of the song Melt was kind of for nothing, leading to her now charting here at 27. So yeah, the combination there of quite a strong week on the charts in general, her not being able to promote properly and them distributing it with that error all led to this song charting badly. And then the age-old story happened again. She was dropped by her record label after this song. She will manage to have another top 10 single with Next Best Superstar, in a few years, but that will be on her own record label, Red Girl Records. Interesting 
fact about that song is that she wrote that next best superstar with Guy Chambers, who we talked about last week, him leaving Robbie Williams because he wanted to work not just exclusively with Robbie, but also with other artists. Melanie C being one of those artists who got the Guy Chambers touch. Melanie C's injury, the promotion of her single wasn't the only thing it kind of ruined. It also, She also said that she wasn't able to do backflips after hurting her knee. Of course, that had been her trademark since the wannabe video where she iconically does a backflip on the table. She said of her injury on the games, I had a few worries with my knee at the start of the show. It was telling me you're too old for that. How old was she at this point? She was 29. So yeah, these 20-somethings really making us 30-somethings feel ancient this week. And if that all wasn't bad enough, Manny C this year also had a huge fight with Louis Walsh on CDUK. She accused his band Westlife of being back in the, the Dark Ages and says that they could release any old crap and it would sell. Then when she said that the Spice Girls were better than Girls Aloud, he said at least Girls Aloud will have successful solo careers. To which I'll say, mm, guess again, Louis Walsh. One of them will have a successful solo career. Now the market has got people like Justin Timberlake and all these people with the great moves and the great dress sense and the great video and the fab voices. Westlife, Blue, I mean, they're all great records. This is Westlife. terrible. I think Westlife are the same genre. I think they're back in the dark ages. I think they need to move on. No! are the biggest boy band in the world at the moment. But do you think they can make record sales don't mean anything? That is my opinion. Yeah. I think they're well, a fashion. I'm selling out every arena, everywhere. You'd love to be there. Let me sit in between you two. Talking of Robbie Williams, he is at number 26 this week, down from 10 last week. A big fall for the man who's supposed to be the biggest artist in British music at the moment. make me want to stay. is his song Sexed Up by the way last week I shared some of my highlights from the Robbie Williams documentary but that has it's already had some impact from other pop stars one of the clips that we see in that documentary is Sophie Ellis Bexter saying of Robbie Williams he hasn't got any charm about him why people embrace him I find it baffling and it makes me a bit sad really this led to her apologising and giving what I think is a textbook example of a celebrity apology that more celebrities need to learn from. She said, I didn't need to see it again to feel bad. I generally... Oh, sorry, she's posh, isn't she? I genuinely feel... Have felt... No, never mind. I've generally felt... Have felt crappy about how I spoke for the 25 years since I said it. I thought it was clever to be gobby back then, but it wasn't cool then, and it's even worse to see it now. She then says, I found an address for Robbie and wrote him a note to say how sorry I was. He was very gracious and forgiving. We ended up meeting last summer and I spent time with him, his amazing wife and his gorgeous kids. It was lovely to be able to become friends and we have now made some songs together. Indeed they have. Sophie Ellis Bexter appears as a guest vocalist on Robbie Williams' dance project, Lufthouse. So I'm glad that the pair of them could make it up. But that, and I'm excited to share more clips 
from Robbie Williams' documentary in the coming weeks, although I haven't watched any more of it since the last time yet. I'm, I'm recording these two episodes back to back, so I'm not slacking on my pop music duties, I swear. So just now we mentioned Melanie C's chart troubles, and what is going to make it even more humiliating is that she was beaten by Emma Bunton with Maybe, despite the fact that that song has been out for five weeks. It is two places above Melanie C, down from 18. Meanwhile, we have I Believe in a Thing Called Love by The Darkness. That's doing very well in its eighth week, down from 19. Next new entry is a 23, an iconic collab of Basement Jacks and Dizzy Rascal with Lucky Star. Unfortunately not a Madonna cover. Combines vocals from Dizzy Rascal with the voice of Mona Singh and a sample from what is called Filmy, the music of Bollywood. If you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, you might be thinking, haven't we had quite a lot of Bollywood samples and Bangra music over the last months and weeks? And if you have wondered that, you're in exactly the same mind space as critics at the time. For example, the allmusic.com critic said, Teenage garage rap sensation Dizzy Rascal turns in a fabulously outre performance on Lucky Star, but the Indian filmy sample driving the song displays Basement Jacks in a light they've never been in before, behind the times. Not all reviewers were so unkind, however. Pitchfork called it, and get ready for this as a piece of music criticism, the oral equivalent of Shiva's rainbow cum shot. That may need some explanation. Apparently in one story of the Hindu god Shiva, he falls in love with someone called Mahini, and as he goes, he drops drops of his semen on the floor, which become symbols of him. Just a bit of context there. Dizzy Rascal said of this song that it only took 20 minutes, so very much a very quick collab between the two of them. He said it was two worlds colliding and the outcome was heavy, and the result here has been the ninth of Basement Jax's 14 UK top 40s, although their peak is looking a little bit far away at this point. August 1999 was their highest charting position when Rendezvous got to number four. So they are kind of on the decline, whereas Dizzy Rascal very much in the ascendancy. Of course, he won the Mercury Prize in 2003 for his album Boy in the Corner, and he is heading towards his first top ten single, which will come in September 2004. However, amazingly, he will not get his first number one on the chart until July 2008. From then on, though, he will get five number ones, and he is maybe unique in his list of number one singles that each number one that he gets is worse than the one before it. So he starts with Dance With Me, a great song. 
Then we get Bonkers, which is pretty great. Little cheesy, maybe. Then his third number one is Holiday, which is okay. A little bit kind of pontins. Then we get Dirty Disco, which is bad. And then his last number one at this point is his cover of Shout alongside James Corden, which is, as most James Corden things are, completely disgraceful. But that is all to come for Dizzy Rascal. Right now he is flying high as the beloved of indie fans everywhere. And another beloved artist at this point is at 22, one of the biggest selling artists of the 2000s so far. In her 11th week, she's doing incredibly well. Down from 16, Dido with White Flag. well however are two songs both in their third week leaving or just about to leave the top 20 at 21 state of mind by holly valance down from 12 someone who would be great for the mighty hoopla lineup if they weren't a big massive tory and at 20 love me right oh sheila angel city featuring lara mccallum McCallan's voice takes us into the top 20 and it's time to look at as ever the contenders for number one who are trying to stop Kylie Minogue slow from getting a second week at the top spot. Leading the competition for number one is Britney Spears in a one of the most talked about duets of the year. They previously did probably the most famous performance of 2003 when they kissed at the VMAs and now they've done a whole song together Britney and Madonna me against the music at this point britney spears has not had a number one single since may 2000 when oops i did it again became her third number one preceded by born to make you happy and baby one more time and so she will be very much hoping that the first single from her album in the zone can make it to the top spot but to do that she will have to face up to one of britain's biggest bands because busted are back with the first single from their second album a present for everyone they've crashed the wedding and it's better than regretting the dress she got was lame she couldn't take the pain she didn't want a silly second name truly poets of their time but will that be enough to get them their second number one their first three singles went in ascending order number three Three, number two, number one. Their first number one coming in May with You Said No. I think the first number one on this podcast. Their last single from that album, Sleeping With The Light On, only got to number three, but they will be hoping that they can get their second number one. We've crashed the wedding. So Busted v Britney are two biggest chances at taking Kylie off the top spot, but we can't discount Outcast because they have one of the biggest most beloved songs of the 2000s this is hey ya their current chart peak at this point was number two which miss jackson got to in 2001 so they are still waiting for that elusive number one spot 
And if Hey Ya isn't going to do it, then let's be honest, nothing will. Two more big contenders. Missy Elliott is back with her song Pass That Dutch. At the time, she complained that she was not given enough time to create this album. This is a test, but will that lack of time be reflected in the quality of that song? We'll discuss that later. And also trying to get that big top spot is Ronan Keating, the man who taught us that life is a roller coaster and you've just got to ride it. Of course, his first number one was the song When You Say Nothing At All, and he's continuing the same vein with this song because he is lost for words. That's the name of the title. I don't know whether he actually was or not. Rodin's had three number ones at this point. When You Say Nothing At All in 99, Life is a Roller Coaster in July 2000, and If Tomorrow Never Comes in May 2002. His previous single in 2003, another song that we talked about in our first ever episode, was The Long Goodbye. But will he be saying a long goodbye to his chances of ever getting another number one? Well, we'll find out as we head into the top 10. But for now, let's head into the teens. And how appropriate, we were just talking about the contenders for number one this week, and at 19 is a former number one, now in its fifth week at number 19, Sugar Babes with Hole in the Head. the Sugar Babes in this chart. Meanwhile, two huge songs, both of which just missed out on the top spot. At 18, Superstar by Jamelia. That's in its ninth week, reached a peak of number three. And at 17, Guilty by Blue, doing less well as it's only in its fourth week, but it did get to number two. top 10 we have four new entries in the teens so let's get into them with at 16 since i told you it's over by the stereophonics who are of course welsh so i guess it should be since i told you it's over my best chanel impression there Autumn 2003 was a dramatic time in the stereophonics camp. Yes, they are capable of drama because they were forced to fire their drummer, Stuart Cable. At the time, they said it was due to, quote, commitment problems. Lead singer of stereophonics, Kelly Jones, who'd known Stuart Cable since he was 12, said in a statement, Emotionally to me, this is heartbreaking. I love him like a brother, but commitment-wise, there have been issues. We've tried resolving them, but things stayed the same. A band is like a gang and a lot of the time he simply wasn't there. Although it was our fault to allow this situation to develop in the first place. What 
exactly was Stuart Cable doing that, that didn't allow him to do stereophonics rehearsals? Well, in 2002, he had his own Welsh TV chat show called Cable TV, with some claiming that the reason that they fired him was because he was spending too much time on this new media career. Among the things he was doing in his media career, by the way, was being the spokesperson of BBC Wales's testicular cancer campaign. However, it may not have been just mediaing that Stuart Cable was doing in his 2009 biography Demons and Cocktails there's only two types of people in this world Demons and Cocktails he said that he was a habitual hard drinker and drug user loving in particular whiskey and cocaine and unfortunately those would lead to a very sad end for Stuart Cable in 2010 he was found dead in his home he was seen drinking with friends the day before and then it said he continued drinking at his home and then tragically choked to death on his own vomit during his sleep that's why you should always sleep on your side guys all of the stereophonics did go to his funeral in 2010 by the way 5,000 fans bring Aberdare to a standstill for the funeral of local lad and rock star Stuart Cable friends and family many celebrities among them packed into St Elvin's church in the centre of the valley town for what was termed a celebration of Cable's life the former stereophonics drummer died two weeks ago at his home the results of the toxicology tests, which may give an insight into the cause of his death, are still awaited by the police. Former bandmate, lead singer of the Stereophonics, Kelly Jones, said the funeral was a unique send-off. Uh, well, I don't think many people could um, have a send-off like that, apart from Stuart, really. ACDC and church bells. Something's about black coffee and a lightning bolt on it. And it was a celebration of his life rather than a sad occasion? Yeah, well, it's hard to walk out crying when they're playing back in black, really. But let's step back to 2003. The band has just got rid of Stuart Cable, but they do have one more song to release with him on it. And that song got to number five in 2004, which means that every other single from this album, Madam Helga, Maybe Tomorrow and Movie Star all got into the top five, but this one is stuck at number 16. Not entirely sure why, but maybe, you know, the legal wranglings after firing your guitar player or just simply the process of trying to find a new guitar player kind of limited the promotion they could do hence why this song is only in the top 20. However all is not lost in the Stereophonics camp because they are only two releases away from their only UK number one single so you will have to keep listening in the coming months to find out what that is. But for now we head on to number 15 and a favourite person of this podcast although clearly not a favourite of the chart buying public because they have let her second single only come in at number 15. This is Javine with Surrender brackets your love. reason this song is called Surrender, by the way, is because it samples the Diana Ross song of the same name. And this was enough for Smash Hits to give it four stars, with this week's Smash Hits reviewers being two of the hairdressers from the documentary series The Salon, which I've never seen, but seems like exactly my kind of shite, so might have to give that a watch before next episode. 
once I've got through all the Robbie Williams documentary, of course. Now, the photo I've taken of this Matic review, kind of hard to read, so I think one of these salon people is called Lewis, but he might not be. They say, I, I could be the hottest, I could be the finest, la la la. That was a good tune, referring, of course, to her original song, Real Things. He adds, this is all right. Brooke from the salon adds, it's okay, quite good. She makes good videos. Wow, these guys are really, you know, Roger Ebert, watch out. They're coming for your reviewing gig. But despite the fact that the people from the salon like this song, Surely Javina would be hoping for a better placement for her second single after the first one, Real Things, got to number four. But there were some signs that maybe not everyone was taking Javine's career particularly seriously. She was asked by Top of the Pops magazine, is being a pop star everything you thought it would be? And she says, people told me I'd be rushed off my feet, and I am, but I'm still sleeping in my bed every night and seeing my friends and boyfriend. You know, we've seen so many interviews from, I think it was Liberty X most recently, being like, I ha we have no time to ourselves. We haven't had a holiday in three months. We haven't had a day off in weeks. And Javine is getting to sleep in her bed every night. Seems that they may not be putting her through the full ringer that Liberty X were. And we can speculate about why that might be. But certainly, Liberty X's song got to number eight and this is only at number 15. She will keep releasing songs on her record label until late 2004 when unfortunately she was dropped by her record label but already the wheels might be coming off a little because Javine was supposed to release a song in collaboration with Richard X who'd previously had hits with Liberty X, Khalees and the Sugar Babes but the release of that single was cancelled for still unknown reasons even though they did even go as far as making a video for it so I wonder whether they thought that being associated with Javine was somewhat of a sinking ship at this point, but we are only speculating, we cannot be sure why, but we can be sure that there are three more top 20 hits to come from Javine, including her underrated Eurovision anthem. So keep listening for that and keep listening for our next song, Stand Up by Ludacris. We ain't got nothing to worry about. Let security carry him out. Watch out for the medallion, my diamonds are reckless. Feels like a midget is hanging from my necklace. I pulled up with a million trucks, looking, smelling, feeling like a million bucks. Past the bottles, the heat is on. We in the huddle, all in that cheech and chong. What's wrong? The club and the moon is full. And I'm looking for a thick young lady to pull. One short shot way to get him out of them pants. Take note to the brand new dance. Now, I've been having to do more experimenting with AI in my day job, and so I thought I would give it another go, even though every single time we've used it so far, it's let me down. But I thought, hmm, stand-up ludicrous. I wonder whether it could write me some stand-up about ludicrous. So get ready to have your side split with some artificial intelligence comedy. Okay, so I first asked it, write a short stand-up set about the rapper Ludacris. And it said, Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Ludacris. Yeah, Ludacris, the man who's been making us shake our booties and nod our heads for years. I love Ludacris. He's like that friend who's always extra, but you can't help but love him for it. I assume there's a joke coming any minute. You know Ludacris, right? He's got that distinctive voice that's a mix between a southern drool and a hype man at a roller coaster. Every time he starts rapping, I feel like I should be strapping myself in for a wild ride. I'm sure there's a joke coming anytime soon. And let's talk about his lyrics. Okay, here we go. Ludacris has a way with words. It's just, well, ludicrous. Okay, I guess that's technically a joke. He can turn the most mundane things into a party anthem. I mean, who else could make us want to move our bodies to a song about getting low in a Saturday night traffic jam? Don't know what that refers to. There's there's about five more paragraphs of that, but, you know, it wasn't really doing it for me. And so I asked ChatGPT, make it funnier. So this is the second set. So this one should be full of absolute rib ticklers, okay? All right, let's talk Ludacris. 
The man's got more charisma than a used salesman on a caffeine high. So it's got the cadence of a joke without actually any punchline. Ludicrous has been rapping longer than I've been avoiding my gym membership. I mean, the only six pack I've got is in the fridge. Now, mm. that's not, <laughs> I can see it's putting extra jokes there, but the jokes are actually at my expense and not at Ludicrous's. Whoever was the person who stopped ChatGPT from like being able to throw shade is perhaps my greatest enemy because it means that everything you ask it to do is so dull. Okay, here's some light shade though from ChatGPT. From this, this is going very well, isn't it? This stand-up set. I'm going to be on live at the Apollo very soon. I can feel it. And have you heard Ludacris's voice? He's like he's got a permanent echo. If I talk like Ludacris, I'd never need a microphone. I'd just be in the back of the room ordering pizza and everyone would hear me. Sure, okay. That's quite enough of that, isn't it? Another failure for artificial intelligence and a victory for us humans, human writers and researchers. Here's a little joke I came up with for Ludacris, by the way. He's like, huh, funny that... Uh, Ludicrous leaves a son called Stand Up because uh, he's only five foot eight, so you can't even really tell if he stood up or not. <laughs> now, uh, in uh, the Fast and Furious films, uh, Ludicrous plays a character called Roman, and actually, that's funny because, like the Romans, he's been irrelevant for millennia. There we go. That's what human writing gets you, that level. I did actually learn one, actually, two weird things about Ludicrous, though. He is cousins to both Richard Pryor, the legendary stand up comedian, and actually, even invoking his name after I did that, that AI set trash is embarrassing, but it is true. But he's also cousins to Monica of Brandy and Monica. The girl is mine fame. So quite the family has old Chris Bridges. I think that's Ludacris's name. And like the stereophonics before him, this is like the lull before the storm for Ludacris because his next release will be his first and currently only number one, which is due to him featuring on Yeah by Usher, which is going to get to number one in March 2004. And it's apt that that is as a featured artist because this will be Ludacris's last UK Top 40 as a solo artist. All the rest of his will be as a featured artist on songs by Sierra, Justin Bieber and David Guetta. Hopefully by the time we get to talk about him again, we'll actually have some funny jokes to share. Not making any promises though. There's a first time for everything. So that's at 14, Stand Up by Ludacris. At 13, If You Come To Me, Atomic Kitten. That's in its third week and down from six. And at number 12, also in its third week, down from nine, Trouble by Pink. Maybe we can work it out, cause this is how I with six songs still to talk about. So a really top-heavy chart this week. Call back to when I asked ChatGPT to name five top-heavy celebrities and it gave me a lecture about objectifying people by their appearance. Listen to a previous episode for that. So still to come songs from Ronan Keating, Outkast, Missy Elliott, Busted and Britney Spears plus our last new entry not to get into the top 10 at 11. The new entry for the Red Hot Chili Peppers with Fortune Faded. Made was nominated oh, I- now put away your welcome soon you find you've overstated
from the Red Hot Chili Peppers included in the enemy's best quotes of the year feature. The one that got him at that place was, I have shaved my pubes, but it looked pretty damn silly. You don't want to die down there because you could damage the reproductive organs. Mm, wise advice there from Flea. So this song is at number 11, but it could have charted even higher except for a good old obscure and arcane chart rule. We love those. Specifically, they weren't able to release CD2 of Fortune Faded by the Red Hot Chili Peppers because the total length of the single was over 20 minutes, which means it would not have counted as a single. It would have counted as an album. Apparently, UK chart singles have to be under 20 minutes. So that means that there was only one version of Red Hot Chili Peppers' Fortune Faded released. I think this is the same reason, by the way, this is for the real chart nerds. The band Pop, with an exclamation mark, you remember them? The reason their first single didn't do as well as people were hoping is because, similarly, it featured one really long remix that pushed the length of the total single over 20 minutes. But we will get to that when we come to it for now. The Red Hot Chili Peppers' Fortune Faded, the one of two new songs on their 2003 Greatest Hits album. And, you know, Greatest Hits albums are se usually sell-out corporate exercises to try and get the last bit of cash out of big fans and also people who like the band but not enough to buy a full album can buy it. But if anyone deserves to, to celebrate their career, it's the Red Hot Chili Peppers because they faced so much hardship that it's a miracle they were still releasing music in 2003. Here's a brief history some of the stuff they went through. So in 1988, one of their members died of a drug addiction. They then replaced him with another guitarist who lasted three performances but didn't have chemistry with the band, so he had to be kicked out. He then threatened to burn down lead singer Anthony Kiedis' house. So they replaced him with a guitarist called John Frusciante, who whose relationship of, with the band eventually soured, leading him to allegedly deliberately playing off-key on Saturday Night Live in an attempt to sabotage the band's performance. So then he left the band and spiraled into addiction it was saying that he was living like a pretty destitute life he was close to death while this was all happening their singer Antikidis got sober then he had to have a dental operation during which someone gave him Valium which then made him relapse they then brought back John Frusciante who was basically close to death at that point and in total poverty his drug addiction had left him with scarred arms and a reconstructed nose, which is really giving Daniela Westbrook vibes. Everyone else who's my exact age completely scarred by that Daniela Westbrook picture with no, where she's got no septum? Yeah, I thought so. So that was John Frusciante. So then they got to back together and then just everything seemed to be going well. They released their album Californication, which was their biggest album up to that point so far. But then they were the closing act of the infamous Woodstock 99 concerts where their performance happened alongside arson, looting and rioting. Just, you know, casual things. By the way, they are all three things that I've considered this week when I didn't get my Glastonbury tickets, but we won't go into that. But by 2003, they are hopefully at a good, better place it seems to be and so a great time to look back and just think phew thank god we survived all of that but even bigger things are to come for red hot chili peppers it's not all about just looking back because just like Ludacris, their next song will be their biggest hit when they release danny california which gets to number two in may 2006 but until then we will let them let the guys have a breather because god knows they deserve it and head into the top 10. Who has not been able to beat Kylie at number 10, Pass That Dutch by Missy Elliott. Hang them out the window, call me Michael Jackson. I'm a pain in your rectum. I am death. Y'all slept on. Heavy hit around, spit up, call me rerun. Hey, 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 I'm what's happening. Hypnotic in my drink. That's right. Shake it till it sink. That's right. Mr. Moe's on the beat. That's right. Put it down for the street. That's right. Shake, shake, shake your stuff, Lord. 
For those not up to date with your drug lingo, pass the Dutch means to pass a hand-rolled marijuana cigarette. Well, I've never sounded more like a policeman there. Oh, would you awfully mind, uh, can I have one of your lovely marijuana cigarettes? Oh, you're under arrest. Specifically, they are called Dutch, by the way, because one of the preferred mediums for a, what I believe the rappers call a blunt, is a Dutch master, a brand of cigar that they basically hollow out and replace the tobacco with weed or as I like to call it, the devil's lettuce. So yeah, when you've seen like rap albums where they have those massive spliffs, that is what they are using, hence Pass the Dutch. Yeah, the more you know there. By the way, this led MTV to censor the word Dutch. So the song, when every time it played on MTV, it came out as Pass the D, asterisk, 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 asterisk. I can see why they did that, but it does make me think that the song is called Pass the Dicks. So actually, I think in trying to censor it, they may have made it worse. Also, remember when MTV was cool? There's now they're like, oh my God, you mentioned a drug. Oh, must censor. Not a story we've got to talk about much, but someone wants, uh, sometimes needs to write a book about how MTV went off the rails. Any publishers listening, I'm more than happy to do it. Number 10, obviously a great chart position, always great to be in the top 10, but maybe the feeling that Missy Elliott would not be happy with where she had placed here. Her last album, Under Construction, had become the biggest selling rap album by a female artist after it sold 2.1 million copies in the United States. In fact, that's a record apparently it still holds, so even Nicki Minaj hasn't been able to knock her off that spot. But after the success of that album, she was hounded, she claims, by the record label to release a follow-up, of which Past the Dutch is the first single. That album's called This Is Not A Test. And Missy Elliott has said of this album, it came out extremely too quickly for me. I didn't want it to come out when it did. And there was certainly a drop-off in sales for this album. It only sold 690,000 copies in the United States. Still impressive numbers, but certainly not up there with 2.1 million. And some could say maybe the quality of the music wasn't there due to her being rushed. Although this is a perfectly good song, still a classic of 2000s hip-hop, which will always hold a place in many millennials' hearts due to its placement on the Mean Girls soundtrack. This led to her being in that very weird Mean Girls Walmart ad earlier in 2023, to which all I have to say is stop trying to make Mean Girls happen. If you have Walmart Plus, you will get three hour early access to Black Friday deals. Deals. The The deals were coming out of us like word vomit. Of course, Missy Elliott, a huge figure in the 2000s, but much less prolific now in 2023 than she was in 2003 and unfortunately there is a sad reason for that it's that Missy Elliott was diagnosed with Graves disease a thyroid condition which she said at one point meant that she couldn't even hold a pen due to the amount of pain she was in she said that after getting treatment following a scary moment in a car in which she couldn't stop having leg spasms that her symptoms have stabilized but still not releasing music at the same rate she once was a rate that netted her 23 UK Top 40 hits and 10 UK Top 10 singles. Although this is a surprising fact, only one number one single for Missy Elliott. I wonder if any of you can guess it. Pause for effect, Dora the Explorer style. Her only UK number one single is Mi- Melanie B featuring Missy Elliott. I want you back, the first of the solo Spice Girls number ones. And I think the most most underrated of them, in my opinion. As a solo artist, her highest charting solo song would be Get Your Freak On, which got to number four in April. 2001. So not the force that she once was in pop music, but still notable in 2023, which was the year in which she was finally inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame alongside Kate Bush, Rage Against the Machine, George Michael, Willie Nelson, The Spinners, and Sheryl Crow. We said it when I mentioned that she'd got inducted a few weeks ago, but bizarre that she's considered on the same level as George Michael, Missy Elliott, and Kate Bush. But Americans love their country music, and that's why this isn't the 2000s Billboard chart show. So Missy Elliott at number 10, not even being able to beat at number nine, a new entry, get ready to be sent to sleep. If you're one of those people who 
let's listen to podcast to nod off. Here's the moment. Ronan Keating, lost for words. Salon was not lost for words in his review where he gave this song one Louis head. He said, my mum loves him because he's sweet and has a hairy chest that creeps over his shirt. She likes that. This has got a real kick to it. Not. Yeah, that's actually it's quite a funny review actually. May have been unkind to them before. Brooke adds, he should go home and look after his baby. Where Smash It says he gets gruffer every time. Roe is rocking now. Mm, not sure about that. Smash it. Certainly Simon Ansel didn't think so. In Enemy, he called him the fifth most boring interview he'd ever done, saying, Ronan's the king of dull. He says he wants to break America, but if they successfully manage to ignore Robbie Williams so far, who has so many different personalities, then they're hardly going to take to someone without one. How would I describe this song? Do you get it? Because I'm lost for words side by with you. Okay, good. Ronan Keating there at number nine. I just can't bring myself to talk about Ronan Keating. So do you know what? I won't. I'll instead talk about at number eight in its 13th week and still not left the top 10, Where's the Love by the Black Eyed Peas. Let your soul gravitate to the love, y'all, y'all. Seven, in its second week, the bumming in a truck anthem that is Flip Reverse. Squad. There was so much Smash Hits coverage of Blaze Squad at this, this point that it didn't even fit all into last episode. So we have more here. This is a quiz that let you get to know which member of Blazing Squad did what. And so I will set it to you and see if you can guess any of these. If you can, you deserve a prize. You won't get one, but you'll deserve one. Question one. What fell from the sky and almost killed Kenzie? A, a bird, B, a plane, or C, a block of ice. And by the way, there's no context to any of these, so I can't explain what happened. You'll just have to live with the fact of never knowing, okay? Anyway, the answer is... See a block of ice, presumably from an airplane toilet. Number two, talk about toiletries. What toiletry item did Rocky B write a song about? A toilet roll, B towel, or C shampoo bottle? The answer to that is also C shampoo bottle. Three, which squad member's uncle is Lord Murray of Gravesend? A flavour, B reaper, or C strider? The answer to that is flavour. Apparently Lord Murray, a former MP who then was made a peerage after he left Parliament. Number four, which famous footy player has met both strider and crazy? A David James, B David Beckham or C Alan Shearer the answer I'm sure you're riveted 
and can't wait to know, is David Beckham. I'm sure many of you would like to flip reverse with him, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Number five, final question. I know, more, more you cry. No, unfortunately, this is the last one. Number five, which blazing boy does Melody's ironing for him? A, Kenzie, B, Freak, or C, Rocky B? Well, the answer is Rocky B. There you go. You keep thinking, I won't find any more facts about Blazing Squad for you after we spent six episodes doing Blazing Squad facts a few weeks ago, but I'll always find more. Gotta love those lads. So with Blazing Squad at number seven, we still have three songs trying to compete for the number one slot, trying to beat Kylie, Britney, Outkast, and Busted. And it is the middle one of those that is at number six, Hey Ya by Outkast. Mandela effect here because I would have bet the house that I don't own that this song came out in the summer. This song is has sung of the summer written all over it and yet it's coming out here at the end of November. Mind you, it does stick around in the chart. It will spend 21 weeks in the top 75 and in fact it will not reach its peak for 13 weeks in over three months time is when it finally gets to its highest chart position, which is number three. So we're gonna have a lot of time to talk about Hey Ya. Rolling Stone did call it the 10th best song of all time in 2021, parked nicely between God Only Knows by the Beach Boys and Fleetwood Mac's Dreams. Pretty good place to be. Although we mentioned Missy Elliott earlier, she is at number eight with her song Get Your Freak On, so just pipping Hey Ya to the post. Let's talk about a few of the lyrics from Hey Ya. One of the ones particularly of my favourite is Now all Beyonce's and Lucy Lou's and Baby Dolls get on the floor, you know what to do. Beyonce's and Lucy Lou's is a reference, of course, to the song Independent Woman Part 1, performed by Beyonce and mentoring Lucy Lou. Apparently Andre 3000 added that line to the song just because the video for Independent Woman Part 1 was on the screen when he was writing it. It's very like when NERD were asked who they wanted to dance in the She Wants to Move video and Alicia Dixon have to be on TV so they said her and that is why Alicia Dixon is in the She Wants to Move by NERD video. No really, she is, you can look that, you can watch it for yourself. This song is such a big hit in fact that it has been cited that it actually reversed Polaroid's fortunes, of course it features the line shake it like a Polaroid picture. They had declared bankruptcy in 2001 but then hired an advertising agency to try and make the most of their mention. This, amongst other things, they gave Outcast a series of Polaroid cameras to use at gigs. Although, of course, the irony is that it's only old Polaroid film that you had to shake because that would help the chemicals dry on it. Now, modern Polaroids, that process is done under a clear plastic film, so either shaking it will either have no effect at all or will actually distort the chemicals in it, causing the picture to get blurry. So, Andre 3000's really, if not got blood in his hands, then certainly photographic chemicals on his hands for the amount of photographs he must have ruined by telling people to shake it like a Polaroid picture. And Polaroid, unfortunately, would declare bankruptcy again in 2008. Although I have a Polaroid TV and it's great. So big fan of the company. The Spice Girls Polaroid camera still amongst my most coveted things that I would like to own. Andre 3000, of course, the singer of this song he is in has just released an album. He released it last week at time of recording and a big troll move from him. Love this. People have been waiting eagerly for an Andre 3000 album for over a decade now since Outcast broke up and then he released it and it's an ambient flute album. Pretty good one as ambient flute albums go. I love a bit of ambient music when I'm writing and it particularly has some great song titles. These have already been going around social media but here are just the first three tracks on Andre 3000's new album New Blue Sun. <laughs> 
Okay, track one is, I swear I really wanted to make a rap album, but this is literally the way the wind blew me this time. I think that's a pun on the fact that it's a flute, literally the wind. Clever. Number two, the slang word pussy rolls off the tongue with far better ease than the proper word vagina. Do you agree? And then the third track, and this is of eight tracks, totaling 87 minutes of flute ambient fun. The night in Hawaii when I turned into a panther and started making these low registered purring tones I couldn't control. Dot, dot, dot. Shit was wild. So be sure to add those all to your Spotify queue. As I've said, we have 18 more weeks until Outcast leaves the top 40 with three more weeks then from 40 to 75. So plenty more to talk about with Andre 3000 and Big Boy, which we definitely will. For now, though, we'll leave them shaking it like a Polaroid picture and move on to two former number ones in a row. The first of them, Fat Man Scoop and Crooklyn Clan, Be Faithful. That was number one for two weeks a week ago, if that makes sense. And at number four, there will be a new entry at number one this week because Slow by Kylie Minogue is down to four in its second week. All the good looking women sing along. I can't hear y'all. that former number one at number three in its fifth week a huge track from a one-hit wonder turn me on by kevin little yeah this song having a great chart run it came in in its first week in october at number two then went to number three then went back to number two then went to number four and then went back to number three this week it's got two more weeks in the top 10 but it's not going to be able to repeat that bouncing up and down for much longer unfortunately but it will stick onto the top 40 for 16 weeks so good for Kevin Little, more like Kevin Long chart run. Yeah, yeah, truly our funniest episode yet. But if you think you're gonna get away from me, you better change your mind. You're going home. You're going home with me tonight. Let me hold you. Go caress my body. You got me going crazy. You turn me on, turn me on. Let me charm you. Go wind on around me. You got me going crazy. You turn me on, turn me on. Kevin Little at number three leaves us with two new entries, both of which are fighting for that number one spot. Will it be Britney? Will it be busted? Well, let's count down from 10. At 10, new entry past that Dutch Missy Elliott. Nine, new entry Ronan Keating, Lost for Words. Eight, Black Eyed Peas, Where is the Love? Seven, Flip Reverse by Blazing Squad. Six, Hey Ya by Outcast. Five, Be Faithful, Fat Man Scoop and the Crooklyn Clan. Four, last week's number one, Slow by Kylie Minogue. Three, Turn Me On by Kevin Little. And at two, X Factor Pause. Me Against the Music by Britney Spears and Madonna, which means that Busted have their second number one with Crash the Wedding. We will get to that very shortly, but first, let's talk about Me Against the Music, an iconic collaboration between two iconic pop stars. Oh, 
Britney said of this, The kiss was actually Madonna's idea. She was the first woman I'd ever kissed, dot, 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 but it was cool. Of course, we heard a few weeks ago that originally it was meant to be Madonna, Britney, Pink and Gwen Stefani who were going to perform at that VLA's performance, but it ended up being Britney, Christina and Madonna. The Salon reviewers gave this song five Salon heads out of five, with Brooke saying she looks like J-Lo, which is not actually a review, Brooke. And Lewis saying it's very different to her usual style. I like it. It's a bit more dirty. She's really sexy. She could lose money or fans, but she's got loads anyway. Well, losing fans, she isn't because she has another number two hit, which makes sense because, as I've said before, Madonna is the queen of the number two hit. This is her, I think, ninth number two. So maybe she was always destined to be behind Busted, who actually, funnily enough, were complaining in 2003 after an awkward encounter with Britney in which she totally snubbed them. Charlie said in Smash Hits, I was totally put off. She had 20 guards around her and nobody could talk to her. Of course, we now know why Britney was so protected or, (laughs) shall I say, overprotected at this time. Enough podcasts have gone into the tragedy of Britney Spears. We don't need to do it here. This is very much the kind of beginning of the decline for Britney. She's kind of, she dates Colin Farrell. She tries to get with Jared Leto. And on January 3rd, 2004, she will, of course, marry Jason Alexander for 55 hours. So unfortunately, Britney fans, we are heading into the decline. But for now, we can just celebrate her excellent work on Me Against the Music at number two, behind the 964th UK number one, Busted with Crash the Wedding. No band in 2003 was working harder at getting hit singles than Busted. If Blazing Squad were everywhere, Busted at this time were everywhere twice. The amount of interviews they did led some people to have to push the boat out ideas wide, go a little bit left field just to find a new angle for a Busted interview. I've picked out two particularly weird interviews from around this time with Busted. One of them was with Enemy, in which they decided for some reason to ask them the questions that Martin Bashir had asked Michael Jackson in the famous 2003 TV interview with Michael Jackson. This was thing that Emma Enemy did at the time. For example, they asked the Cheeky Girls loads of questions that they'd originally asked the White Stripes, like, oh, how'd you get that signature guitar sound? You know, the joke being that the dissonance between the questions and the people. So this meant that they asked Busted such questions as, and Blanket's mother, is she someone you had a relationship with? And do you really prefer going to a concert or climbing a tree or water fights to making love? And the first question, I suppose the problem with people is what happened in 1993 or what didn't happen. Yeah, just kind of making light there of Michael Jackson's child abuse accusations in interviewing Busted. Very weird choice. By the way, Busted's answer to, is Blanket's mother someone you had a relationship with, was Charlie saying, I fucked her a couple of times. I didn't actually. That's a joke. That's how you know this is enemy. They're using F-bombs with aplomb, trying to seem edgy to the enemy list viewers in a way they would never do with Smash Hits. So that was one weird interview from Busted this time. But the Top of the Pops yearbook for 2003 perhaps has the weirdest interview of all time with Busted. So it includes a photo shoot of them all crowded around a dishwasher in aprons and rubber gloves. And all of the questions are around dishwashing. Among the questions they asked Busted is, is wearing rubber gloves worth the humiliation for softer mitts? How harsh is water in your marigolds? And ever licked your plate clean to avoid scrubbing? Charlie said of that, James does. I got rid of everything on my plate, but not by licking it. When we have a curry or whatever, I'll scoop up the sauce by wiping it up with a nice bit of naan bread. Wow, in really asking those weird questions, they really got them to open up, didn't they? There's actually, weirdly, in this Top of the Pops yearbook, 
about four or five different washing up based interviews. Clearly, they were told at the last minute, okay, you haven't filled 28 pages of your top of the pops yearbook. And so the staff is like, shit, what are we going to do? And then at that moment, a man walks in saying, uh, delivery of a dishwasher for the top of the pops office. Everyone just looks around in unison and says to themselves, let's fill those 28 pages with washing up questions. And it was a genius move, maybe. It may also have been that buses were quite known about giving quite controversial statements. And so their managers were like, okay, they can, we'll, we'll only let them answer questions on like the most basic things. Don't ask them anything about their fellow pop stars. For example, they famously, as we've talked about before, had a massive fight with Nicola from Girls Aloud, who they called a rude bitch. And also, Charlie at the time said, Louis Walsh needs to eat his own shit, which it's nice to see Mel C and Charlie from Busted in alignment there. One last fact about Busted before we play their number one single, Crash the Wedding. Apparently in Holland, they are called Bust because of a band called Busted, but they are not Bust this week because they are at number one, selling a fairly respectable 55,000 copies. So beating Kylie Minogue's total last week by about 12,000 copies, but hardly the biggest seller of the year. For example, Black Eyed Peas with Where Is The Love managed to sell 55,000 copies in the sixth week at number one. But nevertheless, Busted getting their second number one after You Said No. Well done to Charlie, Matty and James. And well done to you guys for sitting through another episode of the 2000s chart show. Last week, it was again our biggest week in terms of, of listens of all time. And so to all our new listeners, please, hope I hope you enjoyed everything that you heard. Recommend us to all your fellow pop maniacs and like, rate and review us with positive vibes only on all of the podcast platforms because that's a great way of getting people to discover the podcast is what everyone says at the end of every podcast so it must be true you can also follow us at twitter at 2000 chart show and on instagram at the 2000 chart show email us at the 2000 chart show at gmail.com and now sit back and enjoy this week's number one 20 years ago crash the wedding by busted Also in its third week, down from... Yeah. I started a new folk, new metal, indie folk, just fun. Jesus, alive. Thank you. Right. Thank you for that very much.